And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hi, once again, I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And of course, Ann and I are going to be talking about Sex and the City, mm-hmm. written and directed by Michael Patrick King. I'm sure you're very familiar with that name if you ever watched the TV show. And starring, and again, people you've never heard of, right? All right. Sarah Jessica Parker, Kim Cattrall, Kristen Davis, and Cynthia Nixon along with the men from that show, Chris Noth, David Eigenberg, and Evan Handler, and also two new big-time names, Candace Bergen, who is in this film for about 40 seconds. Correct. And Jennifer Hudson, the Oscar winner from Dreamgirls, plays Sarah Jessica Parker's assistant. And mm-hmm. I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, because... This is such a woman's movie, <laughs> a chick flick. Definitely a woman's movie. And to all you gentlemen listening out there, listen, come on over to my place. We'll watch a ball game. You know, I'll put some burgers on the grill. We'll drink some beer. We'll have a good time. If that interests you, there is nothing in this movie for you. It is so much a woman's picture. Well, to be fair, guys have movies like that beefcake epic called 300. Which I didn't like. I know. But a lot of people did. A lot of men did. So now the women are coming back and we're saying we want equal time, so give us our picture. And they stormed the box office on this one and they made it the number one hit for the week. I think it absolutely speaks to what women want to see in movies. They want to see bonding. They want to see talking about feelings, commitments, betrayals, broken hearts, and they want to see a hopeful Cinderella ending. And that's exactly what you get in Sex and the City. There are no big surprises here. I think it is a perfectly well-constructed movie based on the TV show. And I want to also say that I think it's about a half an hour too long. Oh, yes. (laughs) Michael Patrick King really took five half-hour episodes and strung them together, and that's what created the two-and-a-half-hour length of this picture. And I think he made a mistake in that his story arc doesn't quite work as a total movie. When I looked this up on the Internet, on IMDb, they listed plot keywords. Yes. And they listed these four. Sex Nudity, Friends, and New York. Now that you know that, you know all about this movie. Well, they left out fashion because that is the co-star of this movie, are the clothes. Definitely There's no question about that. Underneath all the glitz and the glitter and the sequins and the feathers beats a woman's heart. That's why (laughs) this movie works, because you see women caring for each other all through the film. That is probably the most important thing that I took away from this film, that these friendships, which are stretched and tattered a little bit in this film, as they have been over the years on television, is what made it interesting to me, much more than the romance and the broken hearts and all that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. I think when we're talking about that, I'm specifically thinking of the relationship between Samantha and Carrie, Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker is nursing a broken heart down in Mexico. Her Mr. Big has left her at the altar wearing a designer dress by Vivian Westwood, looking gorgeous, I might add. So the girls take off and try to cheer Carrie up down there on the Mexican Riviera. The scene that just really, really got to my heart was when Samantha comes in with a tray of food and literally spoon feeds her friend Carrie, who is just too broken, too sick, 
to feed herself. And that's what this movie truly is about. I don't think we've seen movies that really push that so much. I have to tell you that what I mostly took away from it is that we have these four pre-menopausal women who whine for two and a half hours. Oh, I didn't think that was the case. Oh, I did. I absolutely did. You're certainly entitled to your opinion. Maybe the girls were not as young and as robust as you would like to see them. But, I mean, they, I think, have matured beautifully and gracefully. And I think that they've replaced some of those earlier urges and so on with something that is more valuable to them, which is their relationship with each other. Well, I think they have matured very, very well, and they all look terrific. There is one section of the movie that I felt didn't work, and that is the center section of the film when they take off for Mexico. I thought that was overlong. I thought it was raunchy. I didn't think it worked, and I think the movie really kind of ran out of gas in that middle third. The movie then kind of comes back strong in the last third of the film, and I think it ends on a very good note. Well, let me tell you the two things that bothered me most about the film. Number one, everybody in this film is so, so rich. They have $300 pillows that a dog is <laughs> playing with. They have $600 shoes. Those people have more in their pockets than I have in the bank. I don't understand it. I didn't relate to it. The second thing, and this really bothered me, is I think everybody knows that there is a wedding set up between Sarah Jessica Parker and Chris Noth, Mr. Big, and we finally learn his name in the movie. At the last second, she calls him on the cell phone because he hasn't shown up, and she's all dressed up in her wedding gown, and she's in the New York Public Library where they're going to have the ceremony. And he tells her, I just can't do this. Now, she becomes hysterical, but my girlfriend and I were talking about this, and she said to me, what would happen if we were in that position and you felt at the last minute that you couldn't handle it? Would you dump me over the phone? And I said, certainly not. There's got to be some sort of conversation about this, especially with 200 guests present. Mm -hmm. So after that, the film didn't really work for me. And for those reasons, I am giving this a yellow light. Okay. And by the way, we didn't mention Jennifer Hudson. She does a very nice turn as Carrie Bradshaw's assistant. Yes, she does. She comes in and kind of bails her out of a bad situation after the wedding. I thought she played it very nicely, despite some rather unfunny gags about Louis Vuitton and the fact that Jennifer Hudson is from St. Louis. The jokes in this movie, believe me, needed some punching up, I felt. They did. Despite that, this gets a pale green light from me, Les, because I think that this movie survives its fault because <laughs> it's girls' night out, man, you know? It's the night before the wedding party. It's a slumber party. It's girl power to the max. You can't deny that. And I think that women will absolutely relate to this movie, not because it's a great plot, not because the dialogue is brilliant, but because of the heart of this picture. Therein, it gets a green light for me. Okay, that's what's so interesting about you and me doing this show because we are obviously different genders and we look at things very, very differently. And that's what makes talking about films with you so interesting. Well, thank you. And that's why we, <laughs> we don't agree an awful lot. So, Sex in the City gets a pale green light from Ann Elder and it gets a yellow light from me. Until next time, I am Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And we're looking forward to seeing you having a great time at the movies. 
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 